All right, welcome to episode four of Expository Preaching, Voices in the Wilderness. Um, I am your host, Pastor Antonio T. Dixon Sr., and I'm delighted uh, to have you join and listen to our conversation today. Today we are discussing simplicity in preaching, uh, the one-point sermon, and joining me for our discussion is Pastor William Anthony Jordan. Uh, he is the pastor of uh, the Lions Unity Baptist Church of Houston, Texas. Uh, he is a friend. Uh, he's a brother, mentor to young pastors, and one of the smoothest dressing brothers I know. Kind to the elderly, though. One of the smoothest dressers I know. Uh, and uh, he hails uh, from our state, Louisiana, uh, hails from Alabama. And so I am uh, delighted to have him uh, join us today for our discussion. Pastor Jordan, welcome. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. I thank you for the consideration. So today, as I said, we want to talk about uh, simplicity, simplicity in preaching and, and the one point sermon. Um, for a long time, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I was under the impression that a sermon needed three points. <laughs> I think we all, I think we all were <laughs> <laughs> three points. Uh, and even under those three points, sometimes some sub points. Okay. Um, but three, your, your sermon needs to have three points. So um what how how then tell, tell me your thoughts concerning uh concerning that and and is it easier do you think it's easier or more difficult to surmise a sermon in the one point uh like you man i was always taught the same thing every every sermon had to have three points mm -hmm. I've, I've i've never been a point sub point guy okay but just three three movements is, has been my thing and uh man at one time i would try to fight to get that third one <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it it wasn't there yeah yeah <laughs> you know it wasn't there uh i think man i don't do one point preaching often but every now and then i do Okay. Uh, and I think that's because um, I guess I'm more aware now than ever before that people's attention spans just aren't there anymore. Gotcha. You know, uh, I told God all the time, I said, guys, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, not slighting the sisters who preach at all. I don't want to be disrespectful. But I tell preachers, um, I'm 47. And I, I grew up around older people back in Alexandria, my right. grandmothers, et cetera. Right. And man, Saturday was Western day. Right. Right. You know, that, that was, that was the, that was the Western day, whether it was gun smoke, uh, wagon train. And man, for those of pe persons who, who, who can remember those days, there was always just one storyline. Hmm. For 45 minutes, 60 minutes, you know, one storyline, one bad guy, one thief, one killer, 
that the sheriff is looking for for the whole hour. Yeah. Fast forward it to the day. A 60 minute show probably has three different storylines. Right. And that's just because people get bored quick. Mm. People can't people can't follow that one bad guy, one cop looking for that one bad guy for a whole hour. Yeah. Yeah. You need three different plots to keep people's attention. In the same like manner, I believe there are times, man, that the preacher has to understand number one, know your audience. Hmm. Dr. Lewis Patterson used to say that preachers are guilty of biblical exegesis, but not but not uh, pew exegesis. Oh, wow. You have to know where you are, who you're talking to. And sometimes the environment only calls for one movement. It, it, it's almost like me. Now, if, if the only time I really do one movement preaching is at a funeral. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's an and that and that's a ten minute sermon. But that's a, that's again knowing your audience, as you, as yeah. you just stated. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, if you if you're at a youth presentation, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, three 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 points is is <laughs> three three movements is probably no, not no. the place. That's not the place for that. No. Uh, not I, yeah, yeah, and we're we're guilty sometimes. And did you say no? Knowing your audience is is key. Uh, big, big and I think, go ahead. I, I think too, man. Preachers have to understand that we have to stop preaching to impress preachers. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. because you're trying to get a, a revival or uh, an invitation, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, and so that 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 environment may not call for three movements or that text may not call for three movements and you're trying to alliterate something that ain't, that ain't there because you're looking for the next P. I was going to hit on, hit on how you felt about <laughs> alliteration. I, I was talking to um, um, Dr. Clark from Austin, G.V. Clark. Okay. And um, he was just sitting around at one of the meetings one time at the table and he was talking to some of us, man. And his, his point to us was don't get so caught up in trying to make things rhyme and this P with this P and this A with this A preach what's there. Yeah. You know, just, 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 just preach what's, and he's 90. I think he's 92. 92. <laughs> 92 and still and still going at it you know yeah i mean <clears throat> i have no issue with, with alliteration at all i don't like it when it's forced gotcha and it makes no sense gotcha because if i know it makes no sense you should know it makes no sense gotcha you know uh and so i i again i have no problem with that at all you know um i think based upon i think all of us are preaching uh, uh, preaching habits, study habits, always kind of, you know, mock who we were raised under. Mm. I agree with that. Absolutely. You know, um, 
And as it, as as we grow and evolve, I think we may find our own niche, you know. But but for me again, but for the I, you part, know, we're mimicking the, we're mimicking what we grew up under. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and most of us, uh, and for me, man, growing up in Alexandria, honestly, as a young kid, I never can recall hearing exegesis. It was always a topical sermon. Me either, Doc. Me either. Me either. It, it, it wasn't until, honestly, um, I met Reverend Joseph W. Franklin, Mount Triumph Church, Boyce, Louisiana, uh, Dr. Lee Edward Fields uh, Jr., who then was at Second Evening Star in Boyce, Louisiana, now in Port Arthur, Texas. Um, Those two gentlemen introduced me to exegesis. You know, I had no clue because again, my home pastors were always topical. The topical. old guys in Alexandria were always topical. Right. Tell a right. good story. Right. You know, spiritual imagination, which is a wonderful thing to have when you're preaching. Kind of kind of like by that uh, time, they kind of like down. Kind of like um one of the best storytellers I know, man, is <laughs> Is uh, Jerry Black? Absolutely. Oh my God, man! Absolutely. <laughs> He's one of the best storytellers that I know. Uh, but as you as you just said, growing up, I grew up in a little rural play, little rural town in Arkansas, strong Arkansas. Exegesis was not what they did. No. Um, I started preaching at sixteen, and uh, I wasn't introduced to exegesis. Um, and exegetical preaching until I moved to Michigan and sat under my uncle for uh, two or three years. Okay. Uh, that, that's, and that was after college. Wow. Uh, so that that was when I was, in, when, they, when he started talking about exegesis and eisegesis and exegetical, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Lost, Scott. Just lost. <laughs> I'm just like I'm completely lost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, and and that's when I was exposed um, to 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 this kind to this kind of preaching. So, so tell me this, uh, uh, Pastor Jordan. What what does what does your sermon prep look like typically? Man, I'm kind of different. Uh, you know. Again, growing up as a young preacher, man, hearing old guys talk, you know, I thought I had to just be in a room for seven hours in total silence with a Bible, a pen, and a notebook. Yeah. You know, no distractions, just yeah. me and God. Man. Yeah. And, Doc, I just can't operate like that. <laughs> I, I mean, it honestly, man, I, I think one of the things, too, is... Uh, Again, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson said to uh, a, a few of us before he transitioned uh, a while back that preachers, although most of your sermons will come through devotional reading, you know, scripture reading, but he also said that the preacher must learn to mirror the moment, mm. that there are sermons in stone. 
that the preacher must look for sermons at all times. Not not just in scripture. It may be a conversation. It may be a billboard. Yeah. It may be a quote that sparks your your preaching juices to flow. You know. And so for me, man, it's always just when I have a when I when I mirror a moment or I'm reading a scripture or I'm in devotional, you know, if if whatever thought comes to my mind, um, I'm writing it down or I'm talking it to my phone, you know. Uh, and for me, if it's a passage that I'm working on or if I'm walking through a particular book, I think for me, man, you know, it's just reading it. Yeah. And um, doing my own exegesis before I crack a commentary open. You know, uh, what is it saying to me? To you, to you. You know, uh, how can I apply it to me? Mm -hmm. And and whatever movements I see, you know, write them down, and then read it again. I'm a, I'm a big reader, Doc. Because number one, I don't. I'm not a I'm not a manuscript guy. Okay. You know, if you ever want to see me mess up a sermon, Reverend, it's manuscript. Put a manuscript in front of me, and I promise you, Reverend, you'll be ashamed that you know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, you'd be you would unfriend me on all social media. <laughs> it's a mess, Reverend. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. So again, for me, man, it's 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 more so reading. Um, and I'm a note guy. You okay. know, I'm a note guy. Uh, I'm a word guy. So for me, it's it's context, it's history, it's word study. I think, uh, you know, I love words, but I'm not that preacher to get up and talk about uh, this in the Greek is this and this in the Hebrew. Reverend, and active, I'm like- Active voice. Yeah, and I, Reverend, that irritates me to no <laughs> end. Reverend, because half the folk in your church struggling with, 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 with nouns and pronouns. <laughs> You know, and you, and I think uh, back to your original comment, the simplicity of preaching. Mm -hmm. That stuff is good for a preacher's meeting. For preachers. It's good for preachers. You know what it I'm saying? It impresses preachers, yeah. It, pre it impresses preachers, Reverend. It, it, it's almost like my mom, who is 77 years old, heard a friend of mine preach um, uh, post-seminary. Uh, well, no, while in seminary, and my mother's just you know old doc. She's gonna say what she said. Now you know, it was good, but he preached over our heads, and he needs to learn he can't preach what he he can't preach seminary sermons to regular people. Hmm. And she said that crowd was not. a quote unquote educated crowd gotcha. that would know the words that he's using. Right, right. You know, so for me, man, I just try to try to craft a sermon where I want to be able to preach that where my teens can get it, mm -hmm. uh, a PhD can get it, or a GED can get it. So, so then in sermon prep, we need to be thinking about 
more than one group of people. You need to think like Jesus thought. Hmm. Just try to get the message to the people and meet people where they are. Hmm. Because Doc, let's be honest, we work through MDivs and DMs and PhDs to come back and talk to most times blue collar people. True. True. And the most they do is Sunday school commentary. True. Maybe a daily bread book. Yeah. And we work all this time, man, just to come, and nothing is wrong with that, but I'm saying, man, just re read the gospels, man. Jesus was so simple. <laughs> when he could have been so complex. When he could have been so complex, that, and, 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 you know, and again, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just reading and writing. And uh, now I do, sometimes I do write manuscripts. Okay. Just to stay in the habit of it. Gotcha. In case I need, in case I need to submit something for some kind of journal or writings or whatever. But for me, man, it's just, it's just word study, it's exegesis, it's history, it's context, it's application. You know, because uh, case in point for me, man, Lions Unity is a is a is a complex church age wise. Okay. You know, Lions Unity is from probably 93 to, to 10, mm -hmm. you know, and I literally have to craft a sermon where they can honestly get it. And I think sometimes too, man, in preaching, and, and I, I honestly, I never thought about this until um, my professor, and Proctor talked about uh, ageism in the church as it relates to understand that when you're preaching, we focus so much on Gen X and millennials and, and the young adult range or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. We forget about the people who are literally fighting for their cognitive life hmm. that they may be in early dementia yeah, or they can't retain what you say or if it's too big, it's, it's over their head. Yeah. And so the preaching has to be just in my mind, powerful yet simple. Gotcha. You know, and yeah. so, I mean, I talked about a lot, a lot more than what you asked me. My oh, apologies. No, no, no. But, that's, that's, that's but uh, yeah, so for me, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I got music playing. I got the TV going. You so, know, so, so we should then we should have our eyes and our ears open, looking for um, sermons everywhere. E everywhere, man. You know, honestly, I'm, I'm all. A lot of my sermons come from again from the strangest places, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it might be a song. It might be. My wife made a comment, or um, I I heard a quote, yeah. you know, and I don't know. Um, I think when Dr. Patterson said that, I became more aware, you know, of my surroundings, uh -huh. listening, uh -huh. Uh -huh. 
you know, not just listening, but listening, yeah. you know, and actually singing, you know, singing, you know, like case in point, man, I, 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 I was at the church one day and I drove up and uh, there are like some houses behind my church and a member lived on the corner. And man, it was, it was, it was hot that day and it just rained. And she came off of her porch, man. And I was just on the phone. And bro, she had, she had some, some, some bread. And she just started throwing bread. I said, in my mind, I'm like, Lord, she lost her mind. She's throwing bread all in the street, in the street. And I'm like, what is she doing? And I just watched. Man, birds just start coming from everywhere. And they would eat bread. And this is what blessed me, man. They would, it had just rained. It was humid. They would you know, pick the bread and they would literally hop over to the water, drink a little water, come back and pick the bread. Doc, my preaching mind went crazy. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. <laughs> If I can feed the birds, <laughs> what more can I do for you? Wow. Right. You know, and so yeah. that that's that's what that's that's how I look at life now. I'm always looking for something, you know, uh, in some shape, form, or fashion beyond just reading a book. That's good. Or reading scripture. That's good because like you previously stated, we've always been under the impression that we had to be locked in a room. Had to be locked up. Books everywhere. Gotta be quiet. Quiet, you know. Yeah. That's 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 what you know. That's that's what that's the impression that we've been given. Yeah. Uh, when we're in reality, we can find stuff everywhere. And I think too, when it comes to study, man, you have to just ultimately do what works for what you. What works for you, yeah. And be comfortable with that. Yeah. You know, and and. And stop trying to fit into your mentor's mold, you know, or your pastor's mold. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you just can't do it. You're you. Yeah. And and it's it's cheaper to be real. It's cheaper to be yourself. Yeah. And for me, man, I got you know I'm you know Netflix is on or music is on, and I am writing, but that silence is more of a distraction for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, even no, normally, even even while I'm reading, you know, there's a music going. Something on, yeah, yeah, something on. You know, yeah, and that works for me. Right. You know, some guys, some 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 folks may just like that total silence, like in a room. Right. That ain't what I do. Right. You know, that's that's this is it's the same as you know some people like hardback books. <laughs> yeah. Some, absolutely. Some people can do it digitally, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but of course, you know. like you said, be you. That's that you find you find what works for you, and and um, and you go with that. Yeah, because at, at times, you know, I, I've had people preachers ask me, you know, man, I wish I could do, you know, the whole, mm. you know, mm. uh, preaching without any any you know any script or any notes or whatever. And I was saying, honestly, man. Some of my favorite preachers are manuscript preachers. And I'm I am thoroughly impressed with any preacher who can write a manuscript doc and 
read it and remain engaged to the crowd, that is a major discipline. Now, for me, mine is well to commit it to memory, but man, I could not manuscript, I got be on page three, supposed to be on page two. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm, a, I'm a manuscript preacher. Um, to to uh to to get up there without one scares me, but <laughs> but uh yeah, man, it's it's um it, I'm a manuscript preacher, and it's the key. I, I think the most important thing you said it is to is to stay engaged. Yeah, stay engaged. Uh, not just not just got your head down uh, reading it, but man, can it, it's a skill to be able. Uh, to kind of look at the line before you say the line. Absolutely, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in, that's a, that's impressive. Yeah, to look because at the two, line. <laughs> two of my two of my favorite preachers are manuscript. Dr. William Houston Curtis. Okay. You know, and Dr. Freddie James Clark. Okay. You know, you know, uh, Dr. Curtis is more, you know, fast paced. He's, you know, he's he's hitting, he's hitting and, and moving. Dr. Freddie Clark, he's more methodical and slow, you know. I remember, I remember the first time I heard Dr. Clark preach. I'm like, "This is gonna be a long night, now. because he was just. <laughs> I mean, he had them pages, Doc, and he was slow. <laughs> I mean, he ain't trying to hide. I mean, he got them. I mean, he got the page. I mean, he reading and he taking it and he put it over here. He put it over here. He ain't hiding yeah. the pages. <laughs> I mean, he ain't trying to hide nothing, Doc. And I'm yet, but I'm like. He is killing this place. He is slow. He is methodical. And I'm like, he is, okay, slow start. You know, he's talking slow. He's reading. Like, his head is down. <laughs> his head is down, Reverend. And for you, before you know it, Reverend, he done cut that corner on you before he closes it, and the whole house is up. Because this is what I discovered too, that preachers have to understand, no matter what style of preaching you choose, one point, three point, uh, note in the pulpit, no notes, manuscript, this is what you have to have, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the anointing, man. You have to have that. You gotta have that, without that. No matter, no matter, yeah, no matter, no matter what, you know, your preference is, Reverend. Yeah. If you ain't got that Holy Ghost, Reverend, in you, coming out of you as you preach, you just wasted our time, your time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you yeah. perform for us, man, with no power. So I think sometimes, too, we have to get back to, to the basics of that, too. The basics. To tell the preacher, hey doc, no matter if you got logos, word search, digital book, how's your prayer life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how's your prayer life, Doc? Because logos won't mean nothing if you are powerless. And I I I, I appreciate you <clears throat> uh, for being real, for being honest, and for helping to as you said to me not too long ago, uh, that you want you don't want young preachers to make the same mistakes that you made. 
Yeah, that's one of my passions. Now. Yeah, and so and so, we have to get away from. I, I hear I hear pa preachers, pastors who are my age. I'm 40 years old. Oh man, I'm gonna kill the house. I, I'm just like you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, killing. Why people. you're doing that? Yeah, that's not why. That's not why you're doing it. And so, um, you know, as you say it, the Holy Ghost. Getting back to the basics. How's your prayer life? Uh, without the Holy Spirit and the anointing, man, you're just up there talking, it, and it's a performance. And I think you know, based upon comments of you know, you know, like what you aforementioned, is. People have made preachers celebrities, man. Hmm. And, and one of my favorite quotes from Charles Swindle in his book, Improving Your Serve, is are you a servant or are you a celebrity? But it's hard to be both. And we're so personality, egotistical driven that a lot of our contemporaries have forgotten what this call is about. Mm. This call was never about popularity or getting rich or getting known. Now, true enough, your gift will make room for you. Right. And bring you before great men. Right. That's walking in humility. But if your only ambition, Doc, is to shout people to dump the house, to kill, that kind of stuff. That's scary to me. Yeah. Because to me, Doc, you run the risk of, of God saying, I'm not sick of you, Doc. I'm sick of you because you, you have made this all about you. Right. You know, right. because now the opinion is on you and your giftings. But that goes back to, you know, that goes back to the preacher also who focuses more on how he, he or she sounds, style, and hooping and closing, but no substance. Hmm. And then what happens to you if your whole sermonic discourse is, let me get to the end. Yeah. So I can crank it. Yeah. What, what, what if you get sick? What if you get throat cancer? Or, you know, what if you get vocal issues? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite preachers uh, from Alexandria, like the T.R. Williams from New Faith Church, retired past emeritus, uh, Doc had vocal issues, had several throat surgeries or whatever. And uh, New Faith is a wonderful church, you know, mm -hmm. several thousand members. And guess what? They never left. And he couldn't close. <laughs> As a matter of fact, most times he would talk like this. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter four, verses one through six. And that was the most he could do because of his throat, throat issues. Right. But guess what, Doc? He probably had about 1,500 in the morning at eight and about two, 2,500 <laughs> at, at 11. Because Manuel Scott said, if you just keep a thought, people will, people will keep coming to see you. Just keep a thought, have something to say. And I think we focus sometimes, man, on running all over the country. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. 
and we go back home, man, and it, it yeah. it's looking, you know, if you yeah. want to, I, I think if you want to be an evangelist, be one. As a matter of fact, one of your homeboys, from, or well, well or he's from Shreveport. You're not from Shreveport, but he's from Shreveport. Bishop Joseph Walker. Yeah. The first time I met Joe Walker at uh, Gethsemane, Dennis Jones's church, I didn't know him, but he just said to me, you know, in a word of advice, never major on the road in minor at home. Wow. And I've never forgotten that guy. Wow. And the and the and the indictment is is when you can fill up my house, but you can't fill up yours. Wow. Because you're always gone. Always gone. And that church is nothing but a hub for you to just kind of fly in, preach, perform, and then you out. And that's your legacy. And for some, that's that's fine. Yeah. Some and because I know some pastors who have grown churches like that. You know, and can pastor like that. They can yeah. pastor from the road. They can yeah. pastor from the phone. Yeah. They got staff, people trained. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. You know, uh, from Maurice Watson's to Ralph Douglas West's, those kind of people, they grow major ministries, right. you know, from the road, education, pastoring staff. But for most of us, we have to understand that every preacher won't be. That's not a our platform plight. preacher. That's right. That's not for every preacher. Yeah, every preacher won't be, you know, uh, uh, you know, on at, at E.K. Bailey, right, or at Hampton, <laughs> you know, or at IC three, right. You know, I think Jeffrey Johnson said that he used to, uh, he was, he was, you know, part of, you know, the big three with Pastor West, Maurice Watson, and uh, Freddie Haynes, and he was like, you know. He was kind of, in his early years, kind of jealous of Maurice and Ralph and Freddie because they were always gone. And he wasn't getting those invitations like they were. And he said one day God told him, I've called you to, I've called you to the local church. And although he's not on the road like they were, buddy, he has three locations in Indianapolis. And all of them are major, major buildings. Major buildings. With major people in them. I ain't just talking about he got you no know, no some with all due respect, three locations and the room holds 15 people, 100 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no doc, this guy is a major pastor. And I think too, man, part of the issues is too, and I don't want to go on that road. There's some guys are great preachers, but horrible pastors. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 they have to discover that you don't always grow your come on, man. You know people that we all know people, Dixon, who are not the best preachers. But, but they got folks everywhere. They got folks everywhere, man. Because they're wonderful pastors. They're wonderful pastors. That's and some of them, some of them one point, yeah. <laughs> one point preachers. And some of my no point preachers. Yeah, you, be like, you be like, how in the world? <laughs> how they get all these people? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that, but that community, that community driven, they're 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 family oriented. You know, they're developing program ministries for the whole person, for the family man. You know, so, but uh, we got to get back to the whole praying piece, man, and and make this make this about God again. 
Gotcha. And not and not legacy and our egos, man. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know. Gotcha. Because uh, I mean, you know, very few folk will be a Ralph Douglas West. Yeah. Or Freddie Haynes or Marcus Cosby, man. Yeah. Those, you know, that that, that ain't everybody's plight, dog. Not. You know, the pastor, 15,000 people, 10,000 people or whatever, dog. The average church probably only have over 300 people. Right. And right now with COVID, we don't know what we got. We don't know what we got. You know, but yeah. still preach anyway, you know. Right. Yeah. All right, brother, as we uh, kind of... Um, uh, sum it up and 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 come to some close. Um, what are some what are some tips you might suggest? You know, for sermon preparation. Read the Bible. Okay. Uh, it's it's almost amazing, man. Guys will ask you sometimes, man, what you reading? And you may say, well, that the Bible. No, man, man, for real, what what you reading, Doc? Reverend the Bible. <laughs> read the Bible, Reverend. Yeah. Read the Bible. Not just for sermons, but for your own devotional, you know, purpose. But yeah, for me, man, reading reading the Bible is very important. Uh, and for me, this may seem kind of strange. Reading non-biblical material. Okay. And I got that from Gardner Calvin Taylor. You know, read beyond yeah. biblical work. Yeah. You know, expand your mind, you yeah. know, uh, uh, sonnets, poetry, you know, um, develop a discipline. Yeah. You know, because uh, um, I used to think you had to you had to work early in the morning. <laughs> you had to get up at four o'clock, five o'clock, and work early. Yeah, you know. Uh, basically, man, if I had any advice for any preacher, find out what works for you. Gotcha, gotcha. That's the biggest thing, man. Gotcha. And it it may make no sense to anyone else. How you study what you read now may make no sense to nobody, but if that was work for you, do it. Yeah, you know, uh, the biggest thing is be Christ centered in your preaching. Point, point people to Jesus, yeah, be Christ centered, man. Yeah, you know, be Christ centered. Okay, okay, well, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. I appreciate your help with the with the conversation and and all of the nuggets you have dropped today. <laughs> and hopefully, and, uh, I made sense to somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just you blessed me, and I, I'm sure it'll be a blessing to um, the others who will hear it. Uh, again, man, I appreciate your realness, and I appreciate your your passion and your and your heart for young pastors. Uh, and, and helping us to get this thing right, man. Man, I appreciate you and, you know, you, your work, man, and, you know, at Liberty and, your, you know, writing your deep man that, or in your deep man program, that's inspiring. Thank you, brother. Yeah, somebody's always watching, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely.
Well, look, I pray God's blessings on you. Likewise, bro. And we'll talk soon. Okay, Pastor. Okay. Thank you, man. All right. Well, thank you so very much for joining in episode four of Expository Preaching uh, Voices in the Wilderness. I hope and pray uh, that uh, the conversation, the dialogue was helpful uh, and will be a blessing to you and your ministry. Uh, remember to check out uh, our website at www.atdseniorministries.com. Uh, you can access the podcast from the website. Uh, also, uh, it's on Google Play, it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, uh, those media platforms uh, as well. Uh, again, thank you so very much uh, for joining, and uh, we'll see you next month. Next month, same place. Um, and uh, again, we pray God's blessings on you. God bless.